podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone. Over the next three podcasts, I want to take you on a special journey to Birdsville Races in Queensland, Australia, the outback town with a population of about 100, which swells to over 5,000 at their two-day race meeting in early September. Known as the Melbourne Cup of the Outback, the Birdsville Cup is celebrating its 140th anniversary in 2022. And in part one, I was joined by the Birdsville Race Club Vice President, Gary Brook, to talk about an event unlike any other. In part two, you will hear from spectators about the journey to Birdsville. It's the ultimate road trip to the races in the nation's heart. In the final part, I spoke to current Birdsville Cup winning jockey Brooke Richardson and veteran jockey John Keating, who are both chasing Cup glory on Saturday, September the 3rd. Let's hear from Gary. Thanks for joining me, Gary. That's a pleasure. Good to be here. Well, Birdsville Races is a, is a real family affair for you, isn't it? Now, you're the vice president, but it's, it goes back in the ages for the Brook family. Yeah, look, uh, it is. Uh, my father's David is is the president. Uh, my sister Jenna is is the treasurer. Um, previously, my mother Nell has been president or secretary, and and my grandfather and other family members have been involved in in generations before. And the first obvious question for listeners in the UK is, where is Birdsville? Some people will say Birdsville's in the middle of nowhere, but we like to say Birdsville's in the middle of everywhere. Um, it is very much in the heart of Australia. It, it's on the edge or, or really in the Simpson Desert um, on the border of Queensland um, and South Australia and near the Northern Territory. So we've got the Simpson Desert on one side, Sturt Stony Desert on the other. Um, we're about 1,200 kilometres north of Adelaide, 1,600 kilometres west of Brisbane. So we are very much in the heart of Australia. Well, I've got UK listeners now getting their maps out now and atlases to try and work out where Birdsville is because you live in Adelaide, is that right? I do live in Adelaide. Grew up in Birdsville but but currently residing in Adelaide and looking forward to to getting home for, for the Birdsville races very soon. And it's the 140th anniversary uh, of the Birdsville Cup this year. How has it grown into the iconic race, which some people call the Melbourne Cup of the Outback? Um, yeah, look, it's an interesting one. I, I think it's just got this really unique and unusual draw card. There, there's no, not really a race meeting that is so remote that people would travel so far, so long to get to. Um so the journey is part of the the experience of the birds for races, and um, you know it has been going for for 140 years since 1882, when a, a group of 20 odd people formed what was then known as the Border Jockey Club and held the first race meeting. And look, it grew and grew. Oh, probably was mainly a, a locals meeting, I think, until the 70s, late 70s, when in 1978 the then uh, sitting Prime Minister Malcolm Fraser attended the Birdsville races and that probably brought with it a lot of media attention, a lot of following and, and people sort of started to ask the question of what's what's all this about um, 
And from there, we held our centenary meeting in 1982 um, and, and really has just grown and grown from there, whether it be people flying in in light aircraft, bus tours, vehicles. It's become this this very much an annual pilgrimage. And I've described it as almost like the great wildebeest migration in Africa where, you know, you get these swarms of four-wheel drives and people that are all congregating and all, go, you know, meandering their way from the coast, from the freezing cold of Victoria and, and the New South Wales high country that would be cold at the moment and are really looking forward to getting some warmth in, in Australia's outback and they just all make their way to Birdsville and set up camp on the edge of a, a Diamantina River for whether it be a couple of nights or a couple of weeks and just in, and take it all in as, as the town grows and the region experiences just a, a festival of fun. And the journey really is part of it, whether you come by car, four-wheel drive or even fly-in, isn't it? Oh, it is. And I think, you know, that that's really what makes it so special is everyone will have a story to tell from their journey. Everyone's done something slightly different or had a challenge with a road or or experienced a sight from the air that, you know, perhaps no one's no one's seen before. So, um, you know, people will connect with others that are travelling to Birdsville at places en route. They'll enjoy festivities in towns en route. Um, so it's not like one of those events where you rock up at lunchtime and you go home in the evening and say that was a great five hours. This is something where you're talking about, you know, days, if not weeks. Um, so there really is a story to tell and it's just a great way to make memories. Yeah, look, there's so many stories, whether it's people that have been coming to the Birdsville races for 30 or 40 years, um, locals that have never missed one in their lifetime, um, or, or travellers that have been, you know, waiting a lifetime to come. Um, everyone has their story and I think that's what makes Birdsville so special. And you've got an airfield as well. Near the close to the race course. Yeah, look, uh, one of the few places you can literally park your plane and walk across the road to the pub, and that's not a word of a lie. You literally can do that. Um, look, yeah, look, fantastic airfield. There's a you know seventeen hundred meter sealed runway, so um, you can land some large aircraft there. But it it is a place that attracts the light aircraft pilots, and people can come along, park their plane, sleep in tent city across the road from the from the airport um and jump in and, and fly home again but whether it be a small aircraft or people charter their planes out of the capital cities and so forth it certainly it is an interesting place to visit and right now in australia you have these beautiful um channel country that it has flooded and flooded is a, i say that in a good way um just beautiful greenery bird life water running into lake air now, right now there's probably never been a better time to fly into birdsville and last year's winning jockey, uh, Brooke Richardson, she spoke to me and she flew in and flew out on, on race day last year on, on route to her victory on Echo Point. Yeah, kind of ironic. Um, Brooke wasn't actually even meant to ride um, at Birdsville or in that race. And the the very event that we postponed due to COVID, it turns out that the jockey that was scheduled to ride Echo Point got COVID a few days before Birdsville. So um, Brooke got the late call up and she has done a lot of work with Todd Austin, the trainer of Echo Point, and look, she was wrapped. I think she might have been in tears and a little bit emotional after after that win, but it was really great to see Brooke. I mean, she's she's a fantastic jockey in, in regional Queensland and great to see her get that reward at Birdsville. We've put, been talking about members of the public getting there, but it, it must be an, an amazing achievement to get all the horses there as well. 
Yeah, look, we uh, we have horses that come from across the country. Um, you know, we've got uh, a trainer like Philip Cole coming down from Darwin um, with a team of 10 horses, and he'll be on the road for many weeks. He raced at Mount Isa last weekend, and even that is still 700 k's from Birdsville, so he'd probably be on en route to Birdsville. Uh, we have people coming from Ningen in sort of northern and central New South Wales, come up from Adelaide and surrounds in South Australia, the Sunshine Coast. So, you know, we, we have a 12-horse field for the Birdsville Cup, and it, it would not be uncommon if you added up the distance travelled for each of those horses, it would not be uncommon that those 12 horses would have travelled 10,000 kilometres together collectively just to, to make the, the Birdsville Cup. So um, it is something that that is unique, and I, I, I dare say there wouldn't be many races um, in the world where you'd have horses that have, would have travelled that far to make it. Yeah, that's quite staggering in, in inside one country as well. What facilities are available to the spectators at the racetrack? Um, we we would like to say that the racetrack is somewhere where you can get in touch with nature. Um, the, there's not a great deal of facilities. Um, there's there is a grandstand, but that's again probably a generous term. It consists of three levels and when I say three levels I talk about three benches that you can sit on so the grandstand would sit about um, 50 people out of the four four or five thousand that are there but other than that there look there's just some shade there's a couple of sheds um, shelters there's a bar a bookies ring a mounting yard stables for the horses and and so forth and unfortunately there's there's no trees there um under it but uh the race course itself is situated on a natural clay pan and the spectators are are, are on a sand hill really um it gives you some nice elevated views you know beautiful wide open spaces looking into looking west uh, as they run around and the dust flies up so it's a very unique track um but pr- pretty simple and it needs to be simple it's it's a track that only gets used two days a year so um, you can't overcapitalize, but there's enough there to keep people happy and, and safe, um, but also allow them to experience what is the heart of, I guess, racing in Outback Australia. And do, do some of them dress up as well? Yeah, look, um, it, it's, we've got two days of racing and we really promote the first day and we have what's, what we call a novelty fashion to the field and you'll get people coming in costumes, um, in costumes and something for a bit of fun whether it be a chicken suit or where's wally and and you find that people travel in groups so you often get groups of four or six or ten or twelve that are traveling together it might be a you know a buck show a hen show or just a group of friends so they might all dress up they'll get t-shirts made for the trip birds full or bust and things like that so they'll all dress up for the the novelty fashions on the field and then come cup day the next day you really do get people the ladies will dress up fashions on the field is is hotly contested um you know it's a genuine competition that would be the winners would be well placed in any uh, metropolitan fashions on the field but um people will get dressed up in shirts and ties and and hats and so forth but it is unique also in the birdsville it really doesn't matter you know you can be if you rock up in in shorts and thongs or flip-flops or whatever you want to call them um and a singlet you're as comfortable as a person sitting next to you in a suit and tie. And I think that's part of the the magic of Birdsville, that it really doesn't matter who you are, where you're from or what you're wearing. You're happy to be there and people are happy to, to have a chat to you. It's, it's the only place I think I've ever been to where 
people want to buy you a beer. Um, normally you go into a pub and the last thing people want to do is buy the next person a beer. But in Birdsville, you rock up to the bar and someone will turn to you and go, G'day, mate, how you going? What's your name? Where are you from? Can I buy you a beer? Um, it's really unique in that regard. And Gary, I, I hear a celebrity uh, coming this year to the races. Ideal for this podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we always have one or two um that that it's part of their bucket list you know we've had peter moody for a lot of years and everybody would know him as famous trainer and trainer of black caviar that that won at royal ascot but this year glenn mcgrath um is coming um you know world famous cricketer one of the fastest bowlers of all time dominated the english at lords one day if i don't recall yeah he um, bowled us out less than 100 i was there that day i was on a saturday as well better than his other experience i think of rolling his ankle on a ball um, but no, he's got a, a tour company, Outback by Air, runs a lot of tours um, into to Outback Australia. Pub tours would be very much, there'd be a lot of English that would uh, would like to get on that tour. So he's bringing a group out and we're very much looking forward to welcoming him to the Birdsville races uh, very soon. Well, hopefully Glenn will be wearing uh, pink on the day with, for the McGrath Foundation. I'm, I'm sure he will. Look, does a, a wonderful job for the McGrath Foundation, obviously. You know, something that him and his, his late wife um, or, or recognising the work of his late wife. So um, I'm sure there'll be a, a touch of pink for, for him and many of his uh, his tour members. Well, I hope he has a good day. I'm sure good. he will. It's always a challenge to beat the bookies, but uh, I'm sure he'll do well. I was also thinking about the uh, the facilities for the race goes when they arrive. You said there's tents and there's some also powered equipped powered areas as well, aren't there? Yeah, look, there's probably three main locations that that people stay. Um, those that, that there's really no roof accommodation in Birdsville, um, so no buildings you can stay in over race week because those that do have accommodation, the Birdsville Hotel, Birdsville Caravan Park, and so forth, they're actually all occupied by the staff that are needed to put on the event. So that's gone. So you will be camping if you're coming to Birdsville. Um, you can go for Tent City. Tent City is just a setup that, that we call where the tents are all set up for you. Um, you come in, you pay your money, you've got a stretcher bed, a mattress, quilt, pillow and a tent and so forth and access to toilets and showers. Um, I mentioned the caravan or the tourist park. Again, you can have powered and unpowered sites overlooking the beautiful Birdsville Billabong. Um, or the stretch of road in between Birdsville and the race course, and there's about a mile um, there either side of the road with some water, that's free camping. So people can go out there. There's access to some water to fill up your your water tanks. There's toilets and showers that are provided by the local council, but that camping's free. We run shuttle buses in and out of the town over the course of a few days. So, you know, it's not far anyway. It's only a few hundred metres or at worst a mile to walk. So some people will walk, other people will catch the shuttle buses, and it's a first-in, first-serve. So you do get the regulars, um, those, and and there are some that have been coming for 20 or 30 years that um, even now, days out from the event, they will have been there for some weeks. They will have had their site, and they'll be, you know, just enjoying watching the world go by, maybe reading a good book and, and enjoying the sunset and the sunrises. In our next pod to the Outback, you will hear from photographer Sharon Lee Chapman. You can't wait to get there. I look forward to every year we count down the days and the last two years has been obviously 
you know, we thought we might be going last year, but then it got cancelled again quite late in the proceedings. So uh, it's been a long time between uh, drinks at the Birdsville pub. And there's lots of entertainment as well with your, uh, your the boxing, there's a gala, and there's also a fun run, isn't there? Yeah, look, just to keep, I mean, there, there really is lots of things to, to, to see and do in the outback anyway. But we have a, a fun run, just a, a bit of a five-kilometre fun run or walk, whatever you'd like to do, a stroll around town and down to the river and so forth, raising a bit of money for the Royal Flying Doctor Service, which is a pivotal pivotal um, aeromedical service in Australia. Um, we also have a charity um, gala, and an auction, charity auction. Uh, really celebrating, you know, that's an opportunity for people to get dolled up um, and enjoy themselves. And then um, there's live entertainment throughout the weekend. There's It's a bit of a carnival atmosphere. The street has some food stalls and souvenir stalls. Um, the hotel has live entertainment every night and in the afternoons. And then um, you mentioned Fred Brophy's boxing troupe. It is the last boxing troupe, travelling boxing troupe in Australia, if not the world, I think, um, where he has his his fighters and there's literally a mat rolled out on a, a bit of dirt which is the ring um and people can challenge um challenge one of his fighters to three one minute rounds of boxing it's a it's a bit of fun you know if you know how to handle yourself you'll have a good fight but you also won't get knocked around so um you know they'll certainly fight to, to your ability but look it's not uncommon for one of his boxers to go down in a context and um Aussies love to support the underdog, so it's often the, the challenges that get the most support by the crowd. And moving ahead then to the race, the, the race meeting, uh, how how far are you with plans? Are you you're sort of finalising everything now ahead of the Friday the second and Saturday the third? Yeah, absolutely. Look, things are pretty much in place now. So um, you know, most equipment has arrived in Birdsville. The staff are there. They're starting to set up. You know, the for those familiar with events, the bump in and bump out, I suppose. Um, so the only thing that we can't control now is the weather. Um, but it is looking good, I would say, looking like some beautiful temperatures in the mid-20s, which, you know, you really can't get better at this time of year. So, no, look, we're, we're pretty pleased where things are at. Looks like we'll have a good crowd um, coming from across the country. And... Uh, we're just looking forward. Hopefully everyone gets to Birdsville and gets home safely and we have some great racing and entertainment in the middle. Yeah, what sort of crowd are you expecting? Because you had a meeting in April because you didn't have racing in 2020 and 2021. So it's the second Birdsville Cup in a year. It is, yeah. First time we've ever done that. Um, a bit unique. You know, we we felt last year when we decided to postpone it, if if they can postpone the Olympics by year, well, we should be able to postpone the birds for races. So that's what we did, and we held an unusual and unprecedented racing in April. Look, it wasn't a big crowd. That was probably half a, a normal crowd. But come September, we we think we'll be back around closer to our, our normal crowd in the 5,000, you know, maybe six. I mean, you do you do never know in this current climate um, with, the impacts of COVID and so forth and um, obviously, you know, flu during the winter months, there, there's always those those risks. But at this stage, our ticket sales are, are really strong and certainly comparable with any year pre-COVID. So if we get that and we get that crowd in the five or 6,000, you know, given uh, the last couple of years of COVID, we'll be really pleased. 
Well, the very best look, it's the 140th anniversary this year of the Birds World Cup, uh, run over 1,600 metres, as you all Aussies say, but for us Brits, it's over a mile. And you said you've got 12 runners hope to line up for the big race. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. No, very much looking forward to it. Hopefully it's a safe and successful race and, you know, there'll be another person holding what, uh, for most of the trainers that come to Birdsville, it is their holy grail. Yeah, I know one of the guests on the two podcasts I'm doing about Birdsville, uh, John Keaton, he's been second before and he's he's dying to, if he gets the chance to win the Birdsville Cup. Yeah, look, John's been coming. I mean, he probably travels as far as any jockey. Um, travels up, drives, drives himself, you know, all the way from from Victoria. So, you know, it'll be two or three days drive for him um, to get there, which I'm sure he's told you. He comes up for our circuit, um, desperate to to win the Birdsville Birdsville Cup. And but as is everyone, you know, it's not an easy race to win. Some might think, look, you're only running in the country and it's easy. But I can tell you, everyone that that or every one of those twelve horses, they they would think they've got a chance to win it. Well, thanks for joining me, Gary. It sounds like a unique event, uh, an event for any racing fans' bucket list. Absolutely. Now, they uh, should, whether you, even if you're in Britain, um, never, never a better time. If you obviously can't get, they might not get there this year, but lock it in, plan the trip and a great place to travel on the, the first Saturday in September. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the paddock and the pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.